Welcome to the Blue Church Podcast. As we approach Christmas, we reflect on the miracle of the season. As Jesus came into the world, there was another baby, John, that helped announce of his coming. The story of John is one of waiting on God. Today, Pastor Dakota Duran shares how God works in the wait. In this message, wait here. To discover how you can be a part of accelerating the vision, visit rootchurch.com slash vision. Now let's lean into the message together. We've been in this collection of talks entitled Wait. Somebody say wait. And as a church, this is really our vision for this next year. We end the year in vision so that we can begin the year in execution. I'm so excited about what this next year holds, but I'm also loving the season that we're in because we're stepping into the Christmas season. Next week is Christmas Eve. Service is going to be incredible. Just like the team already said, invite somebody with you. And what I would also encourage you to do is not just hear the Christmas story from somebody that's standing with a microphone on the stage. You should get in your word this week. You should get into the book of Luke and read the account of what the angel told Mary and our Savior being born in the manger for us, for you, and for me. But what I also love about Luke is that it tells the story of another baby that was to be born. Another baby that also had prophecies about it that you can read about in the book of Isaiah, that there would be a voice in the wilderness who would say, repent and be baptized, and he would make a way for our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ, and his name was John the Baptist. And today I wanna read from Luke chapter one, verses five, and we're gonna read on from there and hear a little bit about the story of John the Baptist coming and his parents Zechariah and Elizabeth. We pick up in verse five, it says this. In the time of Herod the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time came for the burning of the incense came, all those assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you. And somebody say, and many will rejoice because of his birth today. I wanna to speak from the subject wait here, wait here. Look at your neighbor and say, wait here. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for today. God, I thank you for every person in this room, every person watching. God, I pray right now by your presence, you would silence our hearts, you would silence our minds. We're here for a word from you. We believe your word is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. God, I pray today you would do surgery on our hearts. We're here for you. We love you. It's in your precious name we pray. Come on, everybody set. Come on, everybody set. 
One more time, can we give Jesus some praise in the house? So one more time, my name is Dakota Duran, and I've been on team, me and my wife here, for about seven and a half years, and we moved to VU uh, about eight years ago now, and uh, whenever we moved to Miami, uh, we moved to a very different place. Some of you guys are from here. Anybody that moved here, you either love it or you hate it. Me and my wife, we love this place. Anybody love your city? Anybody love Miami out there? But like for us, you know, transplants, there's a learning curve to this city. And everybody celebrates this Christmas season differently, but in Miami, they celebrate it for real differently. It's like, we go to the beach on Christmas, you know what I'm saying? Like, I started hearing this, this term, noche buena, like Nick and Jerry are saying, it just rolls off their tongue. It's hard for me to say, you know what I'm saying? It's like, we, oh, what's that? Oh, we don't celebrate on Christmas, we go hard on Christmas Eve, bro. Till 2, 3 a.m., anybody Christmas Eve people out there, okay? For me and my family, I'm the last of seven kids, and so if you're looking for a miracle today, just the fact that I'm alive is a testament of the goodness and grace of God. And so having seven kids, you know, my parents being pastors, my dad's also a football coach, man, it, things got busy. And let me say this, my parents are great parents, okay? But one year at Christmas time, you know, every year we get the Christmas PJs, and after that we were going to look for the other gifts, and then my, my mom looked at my dad kind of like in a panic. My dad looked at my mom in the panic, and they're kind of like, did you not get it? Did you not get the gifts? Did you? So my parents, though, they're problem solvers. They started a new Christmas tradition that day. They're like, we don't need gifts. We're going to put money in an envelope. Here you go, son. You can go Christmas shopping for yourself tomorrow. I was rolling up 10 years old in Toys R Us, and like, give me all of aisle five, bro. But my wife's family, they go hard on Christmas. Anybody like, you do the whole tree, you decorate the house, you do, that's my wife, okay? Her dad is like Clark Griswold in the flesh. They do it up. And what you notice about Christmas right now is that each and every year, the season seems to be celebrated a little bit earlier. It used to be like after Thanksgiving, now it's after Halloween. It used to be one month, now it's two months. Used to uh, be this big, now it's this big. More festivals, more things to do. And uh, it's actually data-driven that it's bigger than ever. Last year, uh, $885 billion was spent on Christmas sales in the United States. Every single year, not all time, every single year, uh, there's over 100 Christmas movies that are released. Hallmark, we get it, it's the same movie over and over and over. <laughs> Right now on Spotify, Apple Music, there is over 9,000 songs with the word Christmas in it. And some of us love it, and let me tell you, I love Christmas. I love the cookies, I love the matching PJs, I love the vibes. But as Christ followers, can we make sure for a second that this season, that we still our hearts? Can we make sure this season that we force ourselves to understand that 2,000 years ago, our Savior wrapped himself in human skin for what? For you and for me. And I just wanna make sure somebody understands this is not just another holiday movie. This is not another holiday tune. This is holy. This is not a story. This is history. This is sacred. This is set apart. Let me tell you, this actually happened. Let me say that again. This actually happened. 
This is the foundation of our faith that 2,000 years ago, the God of the universe, he decided to humble himself as a baby. And for me, uh, this baby word hits different because just 10 days ago, I had my third baby, everybody. Our first baby boy. So if I say anything that's like out of line with what we believe, just give me some grace today. Because it's been a crazy couple weeks. 10 days ago, my wife gave birth. We have two little girls, our first baby boy. And uh, still, with our third in three years, you still kind of have amnesia a little bit. It's like when they come out, it's like you think you got it, you know what I'm saying? And then they come out and you're like, man, you're way smaller than I remember. Six pounds, nine ounce, little guy, he's just there. And uh, one thing that I also forgot, because I have an 18th, a 16 month old, excuse me, is that these newborns, they can't do anything <laughs> for themselves. My 16 month old, man, you just hand her a cheese pizza, she's gonna destroy it on her own, you know what I'm saying? These newborns, they can't do anything. And it got me thinking that before God created the world, before he created, he existed. And you know what did not exist? Any needs in his life. 2,000 years ago when Jesus came to this earth, it was the first time that he experienced need. So why did he create the world? He didn't need to do that? No, he didn't need to do that. He wanted to do that. Why? Because he wanted to be in a relationship with you. Is anybody grateful for a father who wants you? But it's not just creation that tells that story. Humanity ruined the perfect utopia of the Garden of Eden. Sin entered the world, and what happened? God doubled down. He sent his one and only son. Why? Because he wanted to be in relationship with you. Two separate occasions, friends, creation and Christmas, with one message. Our God sees you, our God wants you, our God desires you. He doesn't need you, but he wants you. Come on, is anybody grateful that he wants to be in a relationship with you today? Hey, he doesn't need anything. So before our Savior entered into this world, this prophecy in Isaiah, is said that there would be a man in the wilderness. There would be somebody that would prepare the way. And I just got to think that whenever God was looking down at the world and he was going to send someone to carry out this important task, he had to like look for the right home. You know what I'm saying? And you would hope as parents, like some of us are parents in here, you would hope that you would be the type of home that God would entrust a responsibility like this. But in this home, it was actually a home of waiting. I want to pick back up where we started in verse 5. It says, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest. Somebody say priest. Who was named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Whenever we see this word priest, we're like, oh man, this guy was well known. But do you see what it said? He was a priest in the division of Abijah. There was 28 different divisions of priests. And there were so many priests in each division that they had to roll lots in their two weeks to serve at the temple to see who would even get to serve. Crazy. What am I trying to say? When God looked down at Zechariah and Elizabeth, he was not picking people of notoriety. 
He was not picking people of status. He wasn't choosing someone because of how good they were at what they do. He was choosing someone because of who they were. He was looking for someone that he can trust. And I just want to remind somebody that's getting tired of doing the right thing, getting tired and weary of obeying and serving and giving and sacrificing. Don't grow weary, friends, because our God will find you. Every person in the Christmas story that God gave responsibility was in obscurity. Think about it. He found Mary in the small town. He found Zachariah and Elizabeth in their old age. He even found the shepherds in the field. If he found them, he could find you. Look at your neighbor and say, he'll find you. But he'll find you and he'll use you. The question is, can he trust you? Can he trust you? He could trust them, but I find it interesting because it said they're righteous, they were blameless, but they were also what? Childless. Some of us are doubting our character and doubting if we are in the line of God's calling because of our circumstance. Can I just tell you, your lack or your need or that thing you're desiring that you do not have is not an indication that you're doing something wrong. It might be an indication that you're doing something right. Keep on keeping on. Continue to obey, continue to be faithful, continue to show up, continue to give. But it's hard. See, for us in scripture, it's, it, we, we got it easy, bro. Because we read these stories in pages and in sentences, but they waited years and decades for their promise. So some of us are like, can they really relate? You've been waiting four weeks, bro. Zachariah and Elizabeth, they hadn't had an angel come to them and say, you will have a child. You know what they were waiting? They were waiting in the dark. No guarantee. No promise from God yet. Just a desire in their heart, praying, God, would you give us a son? But no sign off that, yes, this will happen. They were waiting in the dark. Some of us will go to like amusement parks and we'll wait three hours, bro. Why? Because we know it's a guarantee that we're gonna get on that ride. Some of us would never get in line for that ride if they're like, hey, you might get on, you might not. Question is, whenever there's not a timetable or a guarantee, how will you wait? If you haven't got the word from God, how will you wait? I want to wait like Zechariah. Look where he was in verse 8. It says, once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time came for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Year of waiting, no child. Five years of waiting, no child. One decade of waiting, no child. Three, four decades, no child. How do I wait? Did he sacrifice his character? Oh no, he was still sacrificing his time. Should I deconstruct my faith? Oh no, he was still constructing the kingdom of God. Should I go somewhere else? No, I'm still gonna serve in the house of God. Am I gonna be found somewhere else? No, I'm gonna be found in the presence of God. I'm gonna continue to worship. I'm gonna continue to believe. I'm gonna continue to be in my word. Why? Because as Christ followers, we do not wait. We do not believe because of our circumstances. Our belief gives us insight into our circumstances. My question for you is where will you wait? 
Will you wait in his presence or will you wait in rebellion? Will you wait in his house or will you wait in doubt? Question is, where will you wait? I want to wait like Zechariah. We continue to verse 11 and it says, there an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer, this is so good, has been heard. Let me say that again. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to call him John. Before we even get to his answer, I just wanna focus on this. Your prayer has been heard. You know, uh, like I said, 10 days ago, we gave birth to a baby boy. And I don't have a lot of gifts in life, but I have a spiritual gift, and it's a really important one. It's the gift to sleep. <laughs> Your boy, I can sleep anywhere, bro. Sleep on this concrete, I sleep on this stage, wherever it takes. Like I said, I'm the last of seven, bro, survival mode. So I can sleep, and that's a really good thing on a day-to-day -day basis. It's a blessing from God. I get my rest, praise the Lord. But it's not a good thing when it's 2 a.m. and your wife needs something from across the hospital room and you just had your baby boy. So she alleges about three days after this baby came, we're, we're in the hospital, and, and she alleges that she said, Dakota, I need this thing off the bed. She said that I stood up off the couch and I kind of just had a blank stare on my face. And I'm kind of walking, but I'm kind of not. You know what I'm saying? And I get to the bed. She says, Dakota, yeah, that right there. And she said, Dakota, right there. And I'm, I'm not looking her in her eyes. I'm like looking at her forehead. <laughs> Dakota, right there. Just grab, it's right there in front of you. And she said, I just go, And I get right back in the couch and go to sleep. She had to like hit me with four pillows to get me up. She was frustrated. Why? Because she didn't think I could hear her. My daughter, she comes up to me. She's three years old. She's like a teenager already. And she does this thing where she latches on to my leg. She like becomes a part of me. She's like, dad, if I don't answer, if I'm talking to her mother, her dad, daddy, dad, dad. Dad, dad, what happens? Her first call was an expectation. Her last call was in frustration. Why? Because she did not think that I could hear her. I just want to remind somebody, you don't have to pray frustrated. Why? Because your prayer has been heard. You serve a good father. Your prayer has been heard. He hasn't forgotten about you. Your prayer has been heard. Can you wait and let him work? Can you worship while you wait? Because your prayer has been heard. He hasn't forsaken you. Your prayer has been heard. Some of you are like, cool, bro. If he hears me, then why didn't he give me what I asked for? Well, we have a bunch of answers for that in church, right? Well, maybe God doesn't want you to have it. I don't know that that's always an indication of what that means. Maybe it's not that God doesn't want you to have it. Maybe he doesn't want you to have it right. His timing's best. Some of us, that right there, that principle, will change the way that we look at our life. His timing's best. 
Stop thinking that you're the best controller on the planet. How about the one who created the planet? His timing is best. Another thing that we like to say in church is, oh, if you don't got it yet, maybe you're not ready. True, sometimes that's true. Sometimes we can use these seasons of waiting as preparation. But can I submit today? I think that Elizabeth was ready for a child about three decades before she got it. She's 60, 70 years old. It's probably harder on her body to take care of this newborn then than it would have been when she was 25. So I think she was ready. There's another question that we can't answer. Is the world ready? Because here's what we love to do as Christ followers. We love to make everything that we believe about us. And I just got news for somebody today. This whole thing is not about you. Whenever God's writing your story, he's not just writing about your life. He's not just writing about your career. He's not just writing about your finances, your kids, your house, your job. He's writing a bigger story for his glory and your story is always attached to someone else. Somebody's just gotta get a bigger vision for your life. That everything you have is not just for you. Look at Luke 14 through 17. It says, he will be a joy and delight to you. And somebody said, amen. amen. That's what I love about blessings that God gives us. There's a benefit to us, but there's an and. Somebody say and. So he will be a joy and delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord, their God, and he will go on before the Lord. In the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Oh, this is important. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So he's gonna be a joy and delight to you, Zechariah. He's gonna be a joy and delight to you, Elizabeth, but also to many. Can I tell you something? Your blessing should always have an and attached to it. Your blessing should always have an and attached to it. Your time should be a joy to you, but it should also impact the many. Your money should be a benefit to you, but it should also be a benefit to others who don't have it. Your marriage, oh, it should be a benefit to you and your life, but it should also be a resource of community for other married couples. Your house, it should be a safe haven for your kids, but somebody needs to get a bigger vision. It should also be a safe haven for people who do not have families to say, come on in, the door's open. We need an and mentality. Because some of us, we think that our blessings are all about enjoyment. Your blessing is for enjoyment and impact. Enjoyment and impact. I like to think of blessings as not being like, you know, you go to the steakhouse and you're like, y'all want the 42-ounce porterhouse steak, bro. And they just put that thing right in front of you, and that's just your plate. Now, I think of blessings as a family meal. Some of you need to push your plate to the middle. Somebody needs to pass some things around and say, this is not just for me. Because everything that's on your plate was placed there by a good God. And so if you are eating every bite off your plate, can I tell you, something's wrong. If you're the only one eating while you're blessed, something's not adding up. 
Because our blessings are not just for us, they are for the and many. If our church can get an and many revelation, we're gonna see revival in this city. If our families can get an and many revelation, we're gonna see something happen in our families. If our students can get an and many revelation, our schools will experience the presence of God. And many, and many, and many. Look at your neighbors, say and many. And many. We get confused whenever we get busy and we think God is here to serve us. But my friends, can I remind us, we're here to serve him. He's not serving us. We're serving him. Luke 1, 18 through 20, we're gonna continue through the text. It says, Zachariah asked the angel, this is a fair question. How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this. Good news. And now you will be silent. Uh-oh. Not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Zechariah, this thing that you've been waiting on, you're going to have a boy. Zechariah's like, you sure, bro? Me? I think you missed it. I think that was me 25 years ago. Oh, no, my friend, this is for the appointed time. This is not for your time. This is not just for your enjoyment. This is at the appointed time because I'm about to make way for the savior of the world. You sure? And then what happens? Zachariah asked for proof. Some of us, we can get real hard on Zachariah. You're like, bro, I just want one angel one time. I read about him in the Bible all the time. This guy gets an angel and he doubts his word. We gotta take it easy on Zachariah because this is some big news. And what I believe is this news might not just be changing his circumstance and his situation. I think this news is changing his identity. And what he's trying not to do is get his hopes up. Are you sure? I think Zachariah wasn't just Zachariah, the priest who was married to Elizabeth. I think Zachariah was the priest who was married to Elizabeth, and I think he saw himself as, and the one with no kids. Can I remind somebody in this room? Stop identifying with your weakness. Stop identifying with your failure. Some of us have been waiting for so long, you've been heartbroken for so long, that now that heartbreak has become who you are. Break it off for you today. We are not to live under that bondage. We are not to live under that stronghold. You are not your mother's mistakes. You are not your father's failures. You are a child of the living God. You are a son of the king. You are a daughter of the king. You are a royal priesthood. And somebody needs to understand. You were not your yesterday. Hey, look at me. You're not your yesterday. Can I tell somebody else this? It's not just that you're not your failures. You're not your successes. Some of you are like, oh, that's a good word for somebody, but life's going great. That's the, 
Life's going great because Jesus is on the throne, because you've been washed and set free. Life is not going great because your 401k is hitting. Life is not going great because your career's taking off. Life is not going great because your bank account's going up. Life is going great because we serve a living God. Set your identity on the right thing. He says, Zachariah, you're asking the wrong questions. Hush, child. Don't speak. What was God doing? I think he was trying to teach Christ followers all over the world. Stop talking yourself out of miracles. Wait here in my presence. Wait here in faith. Wait here in hope. Don't wait there in doubt. Don't wait in insecurity. Some of you, man, you want to walk in the things of God, but you care so much about what other people think. No, wait here and who he's called you to be. Wait in his presence. Wait with the hope and expectation that the best days are in front of you. Wait here. Don't speak. Why? Because it's better not to speak at all than to speak doubt. What God was doing is he was placing an limitation for the preservation of the promise that he had just given Zechariah. Some of you, you feel limited right now. Maybe that limitation is a preservation of his promise that he's placed on your life. speak because here's what we discover in scripture it says our tongue has the power of what life and so what that means to me is that everything you say is a seed what is the harvest you're about to reap with your life what are you speaking over your family? What are you speaking over your kids? What are you speaking over your career? What are you speaking over this church? What are you speaking over your mind? I don't know about you. I want to be like the angel says, speak life. I can just see God, the father, you know, he's probably just watching on FaceTime or something. Angel sent down. He's like tapping into his security cameras. He's going to check it out. Angel's like, Zachariah, you're having a boy. Zachariah's like, are you sure? And God has to just go, oh my gosh. For real? Zachariah must have forgot who I was. Zachariah must have forgot what my word is. My word doesn't contain truth. My word is synonymous with truth. My word and truth are one and the same. If I said it, you can build on it. If I said it, you can cling to it. If I said it, you can lean on it. I can just see him going, you want to understand the process? Oh, Zachariah, don't you understand? I said, let there be light and there was light. You could never understand the process, but that's the power of my words. Stop trying to understand how it's going to make sense. Cling to what he said. Cling to what he said. Luke 1, 21 through 25 says, Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long. It's like all the kids in kid church, we just stayed in here for six hours. I'm like, what happened? We're waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. And they realized he had seen a vision in the temple. For he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. And when his time of service was completed, he returned home. And after this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. Listen to this. This is Elizabeth responding to the promise of God. The Lord has done this for me, she said. 
In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. I don't wanna miss that today. Because some of us, we're going through heartache and we're going through pain. And when you're going through pain, you know what you hope to get? Care. When you're going through heartache, you know what you hope to get? Hope, empathy, sympathy, compassion, love. What did she get? Disgrace. Look, I understand that in 2023, People are coming out every single week saying, I'm sorry, and these have to have consequences for what people do. But can we be clear today? Elizabeth did not do anything to not be able to have kids. This is who she was. This is her condition. What was she met with? Disgrace. Let me just make a side point. This is the opposite of the community that we wanna create at VU. When somebody walks in bleeding, I pray there's a community that rushes to love, that rushes to speak life, that rushes to honor, that rushes to support, that rushes with compassion. That's the church we're trying to create. So if you're here today and you're heartbroken, welcome home. If you're going through the hardest time of your life, welcome home. I hope this community wraps their arms around you and you see the love of Jesus here. So not only was she fighting an internal battle that some of you are fighting today, fighting for her peace of mind, fighting for her self-worth because she's disappointed in herself. She's fighting an external battle with her community that all looks at her because of her condition as a disgrace. So my question for you is, maybe you can wait when you're tired. Maybe you can wait for a long time but can you wait when your mom is saying, what you were doing does not make sense? Can you wait when your dad says, your faith is a mistake? Can you wait when your friends are saying, you missed it? Can you wait with your reputation on the line? It wasn't just Elizabeth, that's what Mary was going through. Can you imagine 13 years old? I'm pregnant. Oh, I can't believe you. No, 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 it's the Holy Spirit. How many believe that? like four of them. <laughs> what happened? She had to put her reputation on the line to be used of God. My question for you is, are you willing to be a disgrace? We always talk about the, the up and the rise and the rise, but they're right in the middle of the will of God and they're experiencing disgrace. I find it interesting that the son that is in her womb is about to introduce grace personified in, the, in Jesus, but she doesn't experience grace from other people. Today, I wanna to encourage you, if you're waiting and you're fighting a battle with your friends and with your family, stand strong. Man, your post, continue to wait in worship, continue to wait in his word. Come on, can we make some noise for the people in this room that are fighting today? You're gonna make it. Wait here in his presence. You know, I told you that I had a baby like four times today, I know. And uh, it's our third baby in three years. And so that hospital kind of feels like a second home at this point, you know? Our first baby, we were figuring it out. It was in the middle of COVID. Second baby a year and a half ago. I could just tell my wife, she's a strong woman. She's a warrior. And I could tell, like, she's about to crush this. And she crushed it. Baby's healthy. She's healthy. 
And this third time we're there and we're, we're more comfortable than we've ever been in that room. I can honestly say that there was like a peace and tranquility in the room. It was an ease. Doctor came in, he checked her, everything was good. Leaves the room, his voice is easy, he's given good reports. And then about five minutes later, he enters that tranquil room, he enters that room with the presence of God in it, and his voice doesn't have that ease, his voice has tension. And he begins to check her, and there's other nurses that kind of begin to wander in the room a little bit, and he starts saying, the heartbeat's dropping, the heart, the heartbeat's dropping, emergency C-section. And I promise there were nurses and doctors that were coming through doors that I didn't even know existed in that room. And in a moment, they're, they're throwing me a bag of clothes and they're wheeling Blair out in this strong warrior of a woman. Strongest girl that I've ever met in my life. I could see in her eyes, I could see in her soul, she was experiencing fear. Why? Because she didn't have an answer. All she was hearing is the symptoms. All she was hearing is the heartbeat is dropping. All she's hearing is the bad news. And all I'm trying to do is be with her, right? I'm just trying to be with her. And as they wheel her around the corner, they take me and they bring me to the post-op room away from her and they go, wait here. I was right with her every second for the first two. I, I was with her side. I, I was there. This is different. Wait here. Guess where here was alone that time? Alone. My family couldn't be there. I wasn't in the waiting room. I was in a different room. This is secluded. I'm by myself. And that's when I was so eternally grateful to be a Christ follower. Because as a Christ follower, when we're alone, we're not really alone. And the Holy Spirit invaded that post-op room. And I could hear him. I could hear him just whisper to me, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. And that's all I had. That's all I had. You know why? Because I'm not in control. I wasn't in control. We hadn't lost a baby eight years ago. I remember the process of that night. I remember her agonizing pain. I remember being up with her from 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. I remember what that looked like, and I remember feeling out of control then, and I felt out of control 10 days ago for the first time, just like that. And all I could say is, God, help me. And I just felt God after the process. He said, you gotta wait. You know how dumb it would have been of me if because I couldn't see what was happening and they had me wait for a season for me to walk out of that delivery room and not trust the word of the doctor? That sounds crazy for me, but that's what Christ followers are doing each and every day. Your promise is on the way. I, don't, I can't trust the word. I'm gonna go try to achieve it on my own. Here's a word for somebody. Wait here. He's faithful. You know what I'm grateful for? I wait. We don't, we don't just sit idle. While we wait, we can worship. While we wait, we can pray. While we wait, we can lean into community, not pull away from it. While we wait, while we wait, he's there, closer than a brother. And I just felt God saying, while you wait, let me work.
Because just because you're not doing anything doesn't mean nothing is taking place. Oh, my friends, you might be waiting, but your God, your good Father, the one who loves you and created you, he's in the delivery room. So why don't you wait and let him provide? Why don't you wait and let him heal? Why don't you wait and let him deliver? Why don't you wait and let him do his part? Right now, you can stand up on your feet while you wait, it's where you wait that's important. Somebody needs to stop waiting in doubt. Somebody needs to stop waiting in fear. Wait here in his presence. Somebody needs to stop waiting in yesterday. <laughs> wait here in the present in his presence. Somebody not, needs to stop waiting in tomorrow. Wait here. The thing I love about the Bible is it preaches in so many different ways. You know what the name Elizabeth means? It means his oath. Do you know what the name Zechariah means? It means God remembers. And so in their waiting, their very names were preaching the message they needed to hear. God remembers his oath. God remembers his oath. Wait here. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present. And I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps on your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com slash online. We love you.